Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Greg Steele. I'm your host. This is the 5 and 40 podcast. I appreciate you joining me. It's been a while. Uh, just to start out, I'd like to say a disclaimer, which is that anything I say in this podcast is my own opinion, and it doesn't represent any other person or organization or employer or anybody else. Um, you know, this is episode number 14, and I look back, and honestly, the last episode I did, which was episode 13, was August 29th, 2020. And it's November 12th, 2020, which just basically means that, man, it's been about eight weeks. And so the thing that's true and the thing that I understand and the thing my friend Josh Peak, who does his podcast with hundreds of episodes, tells me is that if you want to have an audience with a podcast, you have to put out regular content. Obviously, I've once again failed at that, <laughs> and I've done it before. I was looking at uh, episode 11, which was August 10th, 2020, and the number one topic I talked about there was the state of the podcast, which obviously means I hadn't done one in some time then. So, obviously, I'm not a great podcast host. However, um, I will tell you that the whole reason that... There's two reasons that drove me to start back the podcast tonight. And again, I think I've said this before, but I wasn't really sure that I was going to continue it. And there were different reasons at different times. But the reason I'm here is two reasons. Number one, I saw a guy, a friend of mine, his name is Sean, um, today. And he's like, hey man, I really love your podcast. And to be totally and completely honest with you, it's sort of like... I think as a podcast host, like, you shouldn't be trying to count on or that anyone would tell you anything or be using that to drive you. It, it, think about it sometimes where they talk about writers and they say, if you're a writer, you write. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, I'd love to write a book. And then they start a chapter and then they quit. And then, like, a year later, they start a chapter of another book or two and then they quit. And I'll be totally honest, I've done that. But I heard something one time that just basically said, if you're truly a writer, you're right. And so I guess I figured out I really wasn't a writer because I like, or <laughs> I guess one thing is, I thought is maybe I should just write short stories, right? Because if I did that, <laughs> I'd only write one every two years, but I'd still finish one. Um, and so I think the thing that I wonder is, is that if you're a podcaster, you podcast, right? Like my friend Josh Peak, who has the... Stuff I Heard podcast, which I really recommend. And I always recommend that. And the reason I do is just because he is a positive force. And in a time when there's a bunch of negativity, you know, he's a he's a person who is motivational. He's a person who's upbeat. He's a person who's positive. And I think his podcast really has a lot to offer. Um, but he podcasts. I mean, he's on episode 260-something. Like, it's a ridiculous number of episodes, and I'm struggling to, like, get 15, right? And I've been working on this thing for a long time. And I do enjoy doing it, but the honest thing that I can say is is that the reason I enjoy doing it is sort of if I come in contact with people and they're just like, hey, we listen to podcasts and I like this, and they give me feedback and they give me suggestions, and it's sort of like it's a community you know, that's when I'm like, wow, this is really great. And so I want to say thank you to my friend, Sean. I hope you're listening to this one, buddy, because you kind of motivated me to get back on the horse here. Because I, I really would like to get this where, um, you know, I do this on a weekly basis. You know, but there's a lot been going on since the last time that I podcasted. Um, you know, we've had an election and we've had some other things. And... There have sort of been some things that have gotten in the way of me podcasting, and I'm going to talk about some of them on here. 
But I think the 5 and 40 podcast has value, and I do enjoy doing it. And, well, just to kind of get back to it, in case you've never listened to it before, you know, the point of the 5 and 40 podcast is is that we try to do a 40-minute podcast. We try to talk about five topics, somewhere around eight minutes apiece. And, you know, when I first started out, I had a lot of really strict categories, but I kind of got rid of those because I wanted to be a little more free, but also have a little bit of, um, you know, substance to it. And one thing that I think is kind of interesting is at work, um, I'm a nurse practitioner, and the thing about patient care these days, if you work in the hospital setting, and heck, even if you work in the outpatient setting, it's sort of like you see patients, but... There's so much requirement from a documentation standpoint to be able to actually bill and be compensated for the work that you do that I spend a bunch more time on the computer documenting stuff than I do actually seeing and talking to patients. Um, now, I'll be totally honest with you that I try never to cut any patients short. I want to talk to patients. I want to help them. I want to give them information. I want to do the things I can do. Um, so it's not really necessarily because of the fact that, that I would go out of my way to kind of not take care of patients the way they need to be taken care of so that I can do the documentation. Uh, but there are times though, when, if I am going to spend a bunch of time with my patients that I will end up, you know, working very late in order to try to get the paperwork done. Um, and so, you know, it's technically just a thing where I spend a lot of time in front of the computer and so I'm listening to quite a few podcasts, and I'm going to talk about one of them later in this podcast. But, um, you know, I've been listening to a few podcasts, and one of the things that's sort of interesting is that when I listen to a podcast and I'm really enjoying it, when it ends, I don't want it to end, right? And so initially when I created the 5 and 40 podcast, I came up with the 40-minute idea because of the fact that I thought, wow, people are busy and they got a lot to do and they don't want to listen to a podcast that lasts more than 40 minutes. But I've been listening to some podcasts where it'll be an hour and a half and, and I'm interested and the person's a good podcaster and I'm enjoying what they're talking about. And I, it ends and I'm like, wow, I wish it wouldn't end. And another interesting thing is I was listening to one podcaster, I think it was Dan Cummings, who does a podcast called The Time Suck. And he was talking a little bit about how he had sort of pulled his audience for some feedback about the podcast. Now, he's a comedian and he has millions of followers. Uh, you know, I I know I don't have that. But the interesting thing was, is that when he was getting feedback from his people, what they were telling him, the only negative feedback he really got was the podcast is too short. The point being that if people are enjoying listening to you, that they like to listen to you. And so, um, but there is one other challenging thing, and that is just... Like this podcast is probably going to be a little bit rough. And the reason I say that is just because it's a skill. It's a skill to sit here and talk for 40 minutes and to not mess it up and to not like just be all over the place and to not whatever. And what I find when I do the podcast is, is over time I get better at it. <laughs> but then when I take two months off and I start my first episode, it's sort of like I never done one before. So hopefully... It won't kind of be like that. But topic one today was just about the podcast, about where I am, about the state of the podcast. And I guess what I can tell you right now this minute is I got some good feedback today. And the other thing that happened too was that I haven't listened to it yet. I do listen to my friend Josh's podcast and he I spoke to him earlier today and he told me he talked bad about me on his current podcast about me not putting any out. <laughs> and so that's another motivating factor on top of my friend Sean. But uh Anyway, I hope I'll, uh, you know, 
be a little more diligent going ahead here. I hope that you guys will join me. I hope you'll listen. Um, I do always appreciate all the people who give me feedback. I'm always surprised. You know what's really surprising when you put out a podcast is like you go and you talk to a person. Like today when I talked to Sean, he was like, I really like your podcast. And I'm like, I had no idea that he was listening to it, right? So it's always great when someone gives you good feedback and talks to you and kind of tells you they're listening and you just didn't know they were listening. But as long as people listen and as long as I hopefully have something useful to say, then hopefully I can keep putting these out. Um, So the second topic that I wanted to talk about today was maybe one of the big reasons why I haven't put out a podcast lately. And so let's just start out with a couple of things. First and foremost, I'm kind of a sort of person who, in my life, kind of always really gets into things and gets really heavy into something, and then it lasts a while, and then I get out of it. But I sort of have an addictive personality in some ways to me where when I get into one of these things, I really, really get into one of those things. Um, And so I think back, even when I was a kid, and I think back with my brother, and I think about the things we got into, like there would be... My brother and I got into a card game called Magic the Gathering at one point, and I played that for a while, and I got some really good cards, and I did all this stuff, and then I basically was done with it, and I sold everything, and I decided I wanted to go into computers, so I sold all of those cards, and I bought myself a computer. Now, I'm kicking myself every single day, because if I still had all those Magic cards like I used to have, I'd probably have a couple hundred thousand dollars. I mean, some of the cards I have are sell for now for 40 grand. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, if there's one really bad thing I do, it's that I get into something, and then when I get out, I get out. And it's sort of like, if I would have kept all of the things from all of the hobbies I've had over the years, I guess I could retire, right? (laughs) But I don't do that. That probably... Uh, maybe I'm not that smart. I don't know. But, you know, uh, when I first started out the podcast, the the last topic I always did was about bourbon. I was really heavy into bourbon, and I kind of got out of bourbon. I mean, I had a couple hundred bottles, and I had some really good bottles. And it's not that I don't have any bourbon anymore, but I sold about 75% of them, and I made some money. And the bottles that I kept were ones that maybe, hopefully, I, I'll want to drink one day. And I got to get out of this period where... You know, the problem with things like bourbon or the problem when you start collecting something consumable is that you get it and it's really nice and then you're really afraid to open it. And to like, I'm afraid, I have bottles of bourbon that I'm afraid to open and drink. And the reason is, is because I know in 10 years they're going to be worth thousands of dollars, right? And so you're like, man, I really would like to get into that. But can I really give away thousands of dollars? (laughs) And so... Um, that's kind of a little bit tough sometimes, but I think I'm, I I am starting to transition more like all the bottles that I sold, I did make money. And as a matter of fact, all the bottles I sold, I made enough money off of them that all of the bottles I have left have been paid for. So basically every bottle I have is free. And so as time goes on, hopefully I will get to the point where I will drink those bottles. And I do have some bottles that really, you'd have to have a really special occasion to drink them. Like they're just really good, but Um, but the point of all of this is, is that I get into stuff and when I get into stuff, I get into stuff hardcore and I tend to wax and wane. And what I mean by that is like, I'll get to this point where I want to read and I will hardcore read. I'll read book after book after book after book. I'm a fast reader. I like to read historical fiction. I like to read big books and I will read for several months. That's all I do is read. And then I'm like, okay, well, it's time to quit reading for a while. So then I like video games. So sometimes I get into video games. 
Um, and then I'll be like, okay, well, I'm bored with that. And I'll move on to something else and I'll move on to something else. And so that's kind of the pattern with me. And when it comes to video games, you know, the kind of video games that I like tend to be like world building games. Um, now one, a couple of my favorite games of all time, I do like RPGs or like role playing games. And my, maybe my favorite game ever was, uh, Final Fantasy VII. And I played Final Fantasy VII to the point where I finished every possible single thing you could do. And I played it for months and months and months. My friend Josh West uh, would tell you a good story where, like, literally, like, he came into my room one time. I had this, you know, those halogen bulbs, those lamps, those old school floor lamps where it had a halogen bulb in it. I mean, I literally stayed up so long one time playing that stupid game that the halogen lamp got so hot that it blew up. And, like, literally, I was so delirious, like, shards of glass are raining down on me. I don't really know what's going on. And my friend Josh West comes over and comes in the room, and, like, literally, he's, like, he, he'll he tell you I was, like, Gollum or whatever from Lord of the Rings. It's like, you know, something like that. Um, so I say that. Another one of my really favorite games of all time is Torchlight 2. Um you know, that game's a little bit repetitive, and I kind of got tired of it, but then I went back and I kind of downloaded some add-ons for it, and so it's a game I can still play every now and then, but I sort of mastered that one. Maybe another game I really like, which is a really old-school game, like, literally it's so old-school that I have the CD for it, like, from, like, way back in the day, and it won't even load on today's computers, uh, but it's called Dungeon Keeper, um... And it's sort of a world building. And uh, so I like our role-playing games, but the other kind of games that I really always have liked are like world builders. And so these are games like Civilization, Sim City. Uh, there was a one I think called Railroad Tycoon. There was a pirate one. I mean, basically games where you're starting from scratch and you have to build a civilization or you have to build something. And I tend to really like those games. I tend to uh, sort of have this 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 vision of of how I want to create things I mean they do take some creativity and they they've always interested me and so one of the things honestly that has kept me from podcasting is the fact that I got a Nintendo switch I think I talked about it before um I was uh fortunate enough to find it in a Nintendo switch during covid which it had sold out everywhere and because of all the stuff going on there were no supply chains and no one was getting any but I came across one and I came across a game called Animal Crossing, and so I've been playing Animal Crossing way too much, and that's sort of one of the reasons, too, why I haven't podcasted. And it's funny, like, so I got the Switch, and I'm talking to this girl that works at Target, and I'm like, all right, what kind of games should I get for this thing? And she's mentioning games, like, you know, and games, too, that are role-playing games and games I might have been interested in. And But I told her, I was like, I like these world-building games, and she's like, you really need to get Animal Crossing. And I said, nah, that's a kid's game. That's a dumb game. She's like, no, really. And I said, well, what's it about? And I think the funniest thing that she told me was she said something like, well, so it's a game where you have to, like, get a house and pay off a mortgage. And I was like, why in the world would I want to buy a game? I, I do that in real life. Like, why would anyone want to do that, right? Um, but it turns out that after you kind of get through some preliminary things and you pay off all your mortgages and you do this stuff, like essentially you have an island, you can tear the whole thing down and you can build it up from scratch, right? And so basically I'm at the point in the game now where I've been able to totally alter my whole thing and I'm I'm creating these areas that are how I want them to be. 
And I just kind of like that. It's it's creative, right? I mean, it's not a whole lot different than if you wanted to paint a picture or you want to do these other things. It's like you're you're taking this empty template and you're building something and you're creating something about it. And there's all these communities and these kind of things. And so, you know, tonight, right now, recording this, I could be playing Animal Crossing. But, eh, you know, I, I wanted to do a podcast, so here we are. But, um... I have to temper that maybe a little bit so I can make sure I get the podcasts in. Uh, the third topic I wanted to talk about tonight was 95. You know, 95, if you've listened to the podcast before, is my 90s band. I'm the lead singer. Um, COVID killed 95. So we had a four-piece band. We had a drummer. Uh, we had a guitar player. We had a bass player, me being the lead singer. Uh, we we were together a couple of years. We played, you know, all the good venues in Albany. We had good shows. I really had some great support from people, friends, and people at the hospital, and and I really appreciate that. But unfortunately, during COVID, and we had seven shows booked, and then COVID came along and totally, completely destroyed it. Um, And our bass player left, and our guitar player left, and we were down to just me and the drummer. And we were thinking, man, we're over, we're done. Uh, But it was interesting because 95 had been around and people we'd met a lot of people and people had heard of us uh i had a bass player that had been sending me pretty regular messages and saying look you know if you guys are going to get 95 together i really want to be a bass player and so his name is brian and so we got him and then uh, i was talking to another nurse practitioner that i work with and he was like look man i know this really really good guitar player his name is josh call josh i called josh and we all got together, and like literally things have been going really, really, really well. And we have about 23 songs. To really play a show, you need about 32 songs. Um, everybody's busy. Everyone's employed. Like trying to get 32 songs together with people that have lives and all these things going on can be a little time-consuming. But we're getting there, and I'm guessing that by the first of the year, we'll probably have a song list together to start playing shows again. And 95 will be back, and I'm kind of excited and you know so bands are a little difficult from the standpoint of that a lot of times musicians really good musicians are a little bit can be odd sometimes and the reason that i say that is is because like if you're a really 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 good guitar player or a really 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 good drummer really 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 good at something like there's odds that maybe in high school instead of like interacting with people you spend all your time in your room like playing that instrument right i mean a bunch of them i meet are kind of socially maladjusted socially awkward another big problem with musicians that you find is that they're they're using drugs or they're heavy into alcohol or they're whatever and so they for those reasons might be unreliable and might be quite a few things and so one really great thing about 95 and where it is right the second is is that we have four employed people we have people that aren't kind of into drugs we have people who are you know one of the other things that is really hard to find in a band is that you come together for a practice and that everyone has done their work at home and one thing i'll say about the previous 95 is that we were exceptionally good at that. We'd come together, everybody would have learned everything, we come together, and it's not like you're trying to learn the songs, which is very time-consuming in a practice, it's a big waste of time. You're you're learning how to play them together, but everybody knows their parts. People like that are really, really hard to find. Um, and so we had that before, but it looks like we have that again as well. We're very lucky, everybody comes in, and they're really good guys. And so the big problem too is, is that if you have a band, like what broke up almost all the popular bands that you like you know it really wasn't that they couldn't play music anymore and it wasn't that they couldn't write music anymore um 
it was that they can't get along with one another, right? Like, all the biggest bands in the world, you watch the Behind the Music on VH1 or whatever, and it's like somebody hated somebody, right? And they just couldn't stand to be around each other anymore and couldn't whatever. And so... One of the other really difficult things to do, and this isn't just in a band, I mean, this is kind of in anything in life from the standpoint of trying to get a group of people together where everybody can get along and everyone can share a common goal is incredibly hard, right? How many times do you try to get four people in a room together and you try to come up with a common goal and you try to get everybody to get along and that's possible? I mean, it's not possible in real life very much. And it's even more difficult when you're trying to be in a band or something like this. And so... Everyone in 95 right now is a really good guy. I like them all. We all get along very well. Everyone's a good musician. Everybody does their work. And so I have no reason to believe that 95 is not going to be back and 95 is not going to to really, you know, do well. So keep on the podcast. Um, If you haven't liked 95 on Facebook, please do. I have a lot of people that are kind of waiting. It's great to come to work and have all these people saying, when's 95 going to play again? Um, I really appreciate everybody's support. It's really, really, really fun. And it's it's really great to be able to do that for other people to have fun. Um, And so we will be back soon. So so keep in touch. in this topic, kind of along the the band and the music thing, I did want to talk for a minute about a guy named Tony Fowler. Tony Fowler was a local drummer here in Albany, and my very first band I was in in Albany, which I was a lot younger than I am now, Tony was our drummer. And in our band, he was by far the best, right? The best musician, like as far as his being a drummer, he was on it. He was an exceptional drummer. His time was perfect. And so he's recently been the drummer for another band, the guy I was talking about, Sean, I saw today, his wife, Jen, is the lead singer in the band, Jen and Tonic, and Tony was their, their drummer. And if you got Tony to be your drummer, you 100% knew that drums were covered, right? Like, he was an amazing drummer. But even better than that, Tony was a good guy. You know, he's pretty quiet, but he was a great guy. I always enjoyed him. I always enjoyed hanging out with him. Um, I always enjoyed playing with him. And unfortunately, you know, Jen and Tonic had a uh, show uh, pretty recently, and after that, Tony passed away, and it's really sad uh, that he passed away, you know, he was a good guy, he always really treated everybody really well, um, I really know that that people miss him, I know Jen and Tonic is, are going to miss him as his drummer, just because of the fact that, A, I talked about how difficult it is to actually have people in your band you can get along with, And then B, to try to find someone to replace Tony who was as good as Tony because he was exceptional. Like, the one thing you knew when you showed up to practice when Tony was in your band was that the drums were covered. Like, he was going to play everything perfect. He was going to do everything perfect. He was going to have done all his homework. And the rest of us were just trying to be as good as he was, you know, because he was exceptional. And so, Tony, you know, we'll miss you. Um... You know, it's. Uh, I think it's good that he got to play a show that night, and that he he loved it. Of course, right? Nobody that that's good at that's that good at something like that doesn't love it. And so he got to do the thing that he loved. But I know that he will really be missed. Um. So the fourth topic that I want to talk about. I need to make some uh, sound effects for this. Like, first, I need some intro music. Um, I'm in a band. We should be able to do that, right? So I'm going to work on that. But then the other thing is, if I'm going to do five topics, like, there should be some button I can push where it goes number four or something like that, right? So topic number four that I wanted to talk about was a little bit about the media. Now, 
We just got done with an election. It was a very contentious election. I did an election podcast, and the first time when I really went on a long break from it was because I did that podcast, and then I pulled it down. And the reason that I pulled it down was just because I don't think I said anything super controversial. I don't think I said anything anyone would have had a problem with. However... You know what the climate is right now? And the climate is that someone can listen to something you say. And it's not just good enough that they could come and say to my face, hey, guess what? I didn't like what you said. And we could have some conversation about it. No, I mean, we're trying, we're in cancel culture. People are trying to fire people. And, you know, my employer had put out a new eight, a new HR policy that just basically was very open-ended and just basically said, hey, if you said something that people don't like and make us look bad, then you're out of here. And I was like, well, okay, well, I, I can't do that, right? And so I still don't necessarily think that I can have a podcast topic about the election. And the reason is, is I don't think I would say anything that would be really bad. But my opinion wouldn't maybe be the prevailing opinion of people who certainly would have the goal of getting people canceled or getting people fired. And so I think it's just a better thing to to avoid. However, I do think that I could talk about the media and if I take something away from this election, I mean, the really interesting thing is like everybody in, in the last few elections has sort of acted like the outcome of that election was going to change our lives forever. It was like life or death, right? You heard all this thing like we're fighting for our very lives. And, you know, the real thing is, is that if the party you like didn't win and there's someone else in office, guess what? You're not going to die. You know, in four years, if that they do things that are unpopular, they'll get the other party back in and then you can be happy. Seems to swing back and forth. Unfortunately, seems to be more and more and more extreme. Um, but I think that uh, it's, it's not going to kill us and it's not going to end the world. It's not going to whatever. Um, the one thing I really worry about as a result of this election, though, is the media. Because it's kind of like... You know, if someone's elected and th- and everybody's just like, okay, the election's over and things calm down and people start getting along together again and stop being terrible to each other, which is, gosh, unfortunately what we've seen. You know, again, it's like the world isn't going to end it, because really like the, there isn't long-term effects. Like you get the transition of power over, the new guy comes in, he does a couple of things, and then we just sort of chug along as America for the next four years. And then unfortunately it starts all over again, right? But... It just isn't the life-changing thing that they talk about. But if there is one thing about this past election that I think could be life-changing, I think it's the media. Now, unfortunately, because every single thing in this election was polarizing, talking about the media, unfortunately, probably also is polarizing. And that's not my goal here. My goal here isn't to say anyone's right and anyone's wrong. Regardless of what your opinion is, I'm not questioning your opinion. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm not telling you you're bad. But I'm going to state some facts here, and these are facts. And unfortunately, you know, if you truly are a hardcore believer one side or another, you might dispute these facts. But unfortunately, they're real facts. And if anybody's willing to take a look at them, you can see they're facts. I mean, they're very obvious. They're not hard to find. I didn't have to, like, have someone tell me these things. I mean, you can see these things, right? And so the biggest problem, I think, in the media is, is that the media decided they hated Donald Trump. I mean... They did, and he didn't treat them well, right? There was a very contentious relationship, but they decided in this election that their goal was to get him out at any cost, for any reason. And we have freedom of the press in this country, and freedom of the press means that they have the freedom to report things, meaning that if they identified something bad that happened about the sitting president, then he couldn't stop them from reporting that bad thing. But... 
The thing is, is that I don't know that the freedom of press protects them from two things. And number one is, is reporting things that aren't true. And number two is editorializing and reporting those things as news. And the big concern here is, is that the press changed and they've been changing, but I mean, they radically changed during this election cycle to the point where they became, and I'm talking about the legacy media, legacy meaning like the normal things you would watch, which would be Fox and MSNBC and CNN and all these things to where they became completely and totally one-sided and they only reported one side of anything. And they report a lot of things that were false or they at least blew them out of proportion, but Every single thing that happened, they made it the extreme, like, when you look at a situation, I think that we all have to kind of decide about that situation. Like, we all say things that we don't necessarily mean, or we all say the wrong thing sometimes. And so, if you stand in front of a crowd of people and you say the wrong thing and you don't know those people, then there's going to be a lot of judgment in that crowd about, like, oh, what did he mean? He meant this bad thing. He meant that bad thing. As compared to, like, if you were standing with a group of your friends or your good friends who really know you and love you and trust you, and you say the wrong thing, and you're like, oh, crap, I said the wrong thing. Well, they're not going to, like, kill you for that, right? But it seemed like that every single thing was taken to the extreme here and killed, but maybe even more than that. So there were a lot of mistruths. And unfortunately, there were mistruths that then the media found out they weren't true, but they didn't stop the narrative. And so the press's job is to report the facts. And so if they find facts, or and, and even if you want to go further, it's to report the facts and maybe you don't have the full facts yet, but you can report them as allegations and to say, wow, we need to look further into this. And that's what the press should do. And that's sort of the press's job. But to take something and report it and then find out it's totally and completely false and just continue to report it and continue to, to report one part of the narrative is really not what the press is for. I mean, and it comes down to editorializing, right? So a lot of things had been reported as news to say, well, this happened or this was said. And instead of just reporting this happened and this was said or and to say, well, this person could have meant this or they could have meant that and we need to ask them and we need to get facts about what they meant and then present those facts. It was that this was done and we are going to editorialize and say this is what that person meant and it's going to mean the worst possible thing and it's going to lean towards one side or the other and there's going to be no objectivity. So the point of the news is to prevent to, to present facts and to present the news. And then if you want to editorialize, you really should say you're editorializing. Like, this is my opinion. That's what the editorial page is for. It's not supposed to be for news. It's supposed to be for opinions about the news. So what we saw was the media got a bunch of power. And the reason they got the power was because they were supporting a side that really supported them. And then Hollywood supported that. And they really felt important. And because they could editorialize about everything and everyone listened to what they said, they got self-important, right? They're like, wow, I, you know, I'm, it's more almost like they're a celebrity than they are a reporter. And so the big question or the big issue here is that it, the suggestion is, is now that there's been a change in power that the press is going to change or that that this is going to be different. And my concern is, is that it's not going to be different. It's kind of like the thing, if you give someone some power and they start to like that power, they are very unlikely to give it back, right? 
And so you have this person who uh, who has been seen as a wise person, and they're they're reporting their opinions as news, but those opinions are being lauded and being taken as fact, and and they're being told they're great all the time. And now it's just like, oh, well, stop doing that now. Now go back to reporting the real news. And I just don't think people are going to do that, right? Like, I it's it's not an easy thing to do. No one gives up power. And so my question about this whole thing is, is this opinion that you've heard that, oh, if only we'd have a change in power and if only the right people would get in power, that the media is going to kind of go back to what we're used to. Well, I'm really concerned that they're not, right? Um, we had media and we had social media kind of blocking opinions. It's like putting out very hyper intense and at times even fictional opinions and editorials for one side and sort of blocking or suppressing the other side. And I'm just sort of concerned that our media cannot continue to be that way. And one thing that I think you're 100% seeing is that people got tired of that, a lot of people, and they've gone to alternative sources of media. One of the reasons why podcasts have gotten popular, uh, more popular and more powerful, and the media, the, the legacy media lost millions and millions of viewers um it'd be interesting to see if they can normalize back out but um unfortunately i think that a lot of other things in the country are going to normalize back out but i'm not sure the press is one of them and uh i'd be really interested to know what you think of that if you see me you listen to this let me know what you think about what the media has done over the last uh time here in this election cycle and and what you think that that means going forward um, and so the last topic that I wanted to talk to th- about today was I told you that I had been listening to a bunch of podcasts at work while I'm working on the computer. And then we just talked a little bit about the fact that the power structure in the media is changing, you know, millions and millions of people leaving the the regular media and moving to other platforms. And so one of the things I want to talk about is a new podcast that I found recently, and that is the Megan Kelly podcast. Now, Megan Kelly, you know, she started out on Fox News. Um, and then she did actually move uh, to a more liberal media platform after she left Fox News. And then she's been out of the media for a while. But she got into podcasting. Now, one thing to say right off the bat about her is that she is more to the right, although she's very central right. And the other interesting thing about her is that even if she might lean a little bit more to the right, that she does not stick there. If something is right in her opinion, but it's more left-leaning, then she will support that. Um, And, you know, with everyone, she's really fair. And the reason I say that is, is because she's not someone who would talk to someone on the right and be really good to them, and then talk to somebody on the left and, like, really grill them and kill them. She sort of grills and kills everyone. She actually got in trouble because she moderated one of the Republican debates in the first election with Donald Trump, and she was asking him very, very tough questions, and he actually started talking very, very badly about her because I guess it was a Republican, uh, it was a primary, and she was supposedly a Republican, so I guess she wasn't supposed to ask him hard questions, and she was asking him very, very hard questions, and so they went at it for a while. Um, You know, and that's one of the things that you're seeing in the media and why people are leaving the media. When you look at the debates and the town halls and the stuff that went on, it's like very, very tough questions for one side. And then the other side, it's like, what kind of ice cream do you like? Right? Like, it was very simple. Um, She doesn't do that. And so her podcast is very good and she's had very good people. Very interesting, even though she'll tell you, hey, look, I'm center right. 
I've listened to all her episodes and she has a lot of people from the left on there and she has a lot of opinions that basically are like if you're going to listen to a right-leaning or conservative podcast the majority of the time they're just going to sit down there and they're just going to say the right's always correct and they're going to have only guests on who paint a rosy picture for what's going to happen on the right side she doesn't do that right she has people on who are just basically nope this ain't gonna happen it's not gonna go well for the right and uh but she asked tough questions, and, and uh, it's interesting. One of the episodes that she did was with Mark Cuban, uh, who is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks and kind of a big power in the NBA. The NBA's been through quite a bit here, right? They lost a lot of viewership and really, really kind of embraced Black Lives Matter and embraced some other things. And I'm not trying to talk about whether or not that was right or wrong. I'm just trying to say factually that they did that and lost a lot of viewers and these kind of things. But one other interesting thing about the NBA is that they really, really have a huge following in China. And so she had Mark Cuban on, and she was really kind of getting him about how come the NBA continues to support China. Now, one thing about China is is that there's actually genocide going on in China right now. And so basically there's a Muslim group, a Chinese Muslim group. They're called the Uyghurs. And the Chinese government has been rounding up the Uyghurs and basically putting them on trains and taking them to concentration camps. I mean, honestly, it's like Nazi Germany. You're not hearing a lot about that in our media, and you should be. You know, I don't understand why we're not. But the questions were like, basically, okay, the NBA really continues to heavily invest in China, continues to support China. And how can you justify that when they're creating, you know, committing this genocide? And so, of course, it's interesting. You should listen to it. It's very contentious, right? Like Mark Cuban's getting mad at her and they're going back and forth. Um, And he's kind of denying, 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 denying. And then kind of near the end of the interview, I don't know if she wore him down or kind of whatever. He decided he was going to be honest, but he's like, it's about money. (laughs) You know, he was just like, China's got a lot of money. They support the NBA. It's about money. Um and I thought that was, it, it, it's a really, really excellent episode and it's a really excellent interview and I recommend you listen to it. But I recommend her podcast just from the standpoint of that it's, in my opinion, my concerns about the media. Her podcast is what the media should be. And it's like that you can kind of have your own personal beliefs, but that you understand that your job there is to sort of give people information and to not necessarily only do it with your viewpoints in mind and to support and have opposing viewpoints on. And she does that. And she's, uh, in my opinion, kind of what the media should be. And so I don't recommend a lot of podcasts, uh, but this one I certainly recommend. And I, I've listened to some other uh, right-sided or conservative podcasts that I honestly wouldn't come to a wide uh, variety of people that might listen to my podcast and recommend. And the reason I wouldn't recommend it is, is just because if you don't staunchly believe in in that one side, you would not enjoy that podcast, right? Because you would say, man, this isn't fair and balanced at all. Um, You know, this is just one side or the other. And so, yeah, you might enjoy that if you really believed in that. But I wouldn't recommend that for anybody because my goal... I can't sit on here and be like, oh, I think the press is terrible because they're only one-sided and then say, oh, but listen to this podcast, which is also only one-sided, right? That doesn't really work. <laughs> it's a little disingenuous. But I can tell you that um, that the Megan Kelly podcast is, is one that's interesting. It is political-focused, but it isn't political-focused to where it says one side's great and the other side's bad. 
it's it's fairly balanced and you know the other thing i really like about her is that she's a genuinely good person and it's sort of like when you listen to it and you listen to what happened to her when she worked for the major media companies it's almost like she got it, it's not that she's not tough because she is tough but it's almost like she got eaten up and spit out and uh, it's like the reason that that happened to her was because she's a decent human being um and so the interesting thing is that she'll have people on who are from both sides but those people universally are are just like you know megan you're a really good person and and we appreciate these things that you did for us there was a guy that she had on he was he was way opposite from her like as far as his beliefs and they had a pretty good conversation but at the end of it he was like you know i got non-hodgkin's lymphoma and when i got it you know megan you called me and you you talked to me and you were one of the people who really kind of supported me and 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 they said you know the thing that you did that really stood out was is you also asked how my partner was doing and you offered to support my partner and you offered to do things for them realizing that it wasn't just me going through this and how difficult it was for me but it was difficult for those who loved me as well and you really supported us in that time and so the interesting thing is the people that will come on it doesn't matter what their leanings are and their beliefs are that they're saying pretty universally that she has really done nice things to them and been good to them and supported them and so i think that's another great thing about her podcast and and it looks like her personally is just that hey she's a decent person and i think that goes a long way these days um so that's pretty much all the topics i guess the last thing i wanted to say before i go is again i appreciate the support if you listen let me know you listened if you have any feedback let me know if you have any suggestions for topics for the next five and forty please let me know um you know if you if you get so inclined please go on like itunes or something and rate the podcast and heck if you like it let me know if you don't like it let me know if you think i'm terrible let me know if i can do things better let me know um but I think the thing is, is that we're getting to the end of this election cycle. I mean, unfortunately, there's still a lot of contentious things going on. You know, the thing right now is, is that it appears that one candidate has been declared the winner over the other. And so all we're seeing now is why haven't you said they're the winner? And why aren't you letting them in on national secrets? And why this and why that? Uh, had james clyburn a representative from south carolina go on an interview and basically say by not just declaring this other person the winner that that this is like nazi germany like and it's just this extreme stuff and it's been like this for months and months and months and months and i think the thing that i'll say is it's got to stop and I, I i think that we have to start being good to one another one again you know and it's during this election a couple of my really really good lifelong friends were totally on the opposite opposite side than me and even with the people that i love the most there were times when it got contentious and i think this i think it's got to end uh you know and i think this idea that we all have to be at odds with one another and this idea that we all have these terrible feelings towards one another and that we're all terrible people i i think it's got to go right and so I guess I'm just going to say here to encourage everyone to be good to one another and to let's start looking for what we have in common maybe than for what we have that divides us, which is all we've been told now for all this time during this election cycle. Um, 
I want to tell you that I feel completely and totally blessed for the people that are in my life, for my friends, for the people that I work with, that 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 they're truly great people, right? Um, and that you guys are all wonderful and that I appreciate your friendship, the relationships I have with you, the support you've given me. And I just look forward to us continuing to grow those things and, and to be good to one another in the future. Uh, so everybody take care and thanks for listening. Bye.